everybody. Welcome to Save Your Sorry, where we talk about your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities and all their scandals. I am your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my co-host, Jose Angel, who happens to sometimes be my friend. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. How are you? You know, never been better. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear it. All right. So this week, Jose's taking center stage and he's going to present a celebrity and tell all about it. And we'll talk shit and give our opinions as usual. Who are we talking about today? On today's episode, we're talking about Hollywood bad boy, Carlos Estevez. I know everyone loves a bad boy, <laughs> but are you a Carlos Estevez fan? Um, <laughs> First of all, it took me a hot second. I know that's a distraction. I, you do that on purpose. Um, he's okay. For people who don't know, that is Charlie Sheen's real name. Yeah, he's he hid himself, his heritage. <laughs> this one actually surprised me. I went in thinking I was it was just one big scandal, but there is a lot of little ones here and there. Oh yeah, this man was this man was free to do a lot before he started fucking up, fucking up, I guess in the eyes of Hollywood. Yeah, How and I don't weird. I don't even want to call them like little scandals, but more like they're just not as reported or taken as serious. Yes, I think that's the correct way to say it. Not taken serious. There's also some names in here that deserve their own episode to get a full picture. But when they come up, I will gloss over them a little because we just don't have the time to get into everyone's backstory today. Uh, and when you say their name, if if you can't, if no one can tell, I'll just let out a hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that's definitely one you got to be aware of in the future. I got my timeline from the Washington Post and ABCnews.com. And almost all other information came from the Smoking Gun and People.com. I also watched and listened to Charlie Sheen's interviews. Okay. I, I bet that was that's very stimulating for your brain. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Charlie Sheen was born September 3rd, 1965. That makes him a Virgo. Charlie has a famous father, Martin Sheen, and a famous brother, Emilio Estevez. Love Martin Sheen. That's my man right there. I do too. Without knowing that much about him, I just, I guess for his role in Grace and Frankie. Oh yeah, he is in Grace and Frankie too. Love him in that too. He also has another sibling called Ramon Estevez and a sister named Renee Estevez. While they have done some acting, Charlie seems to be the most famous and the youngest of the bunch. Martin Sheen's real name is Ramon Antonio Geraldo Estevez, but he used Martin Sheen to get acting roles. And it seems Charlie did the same thing. I don't know if he did it to get like the recognition that his father has by using the last name Sheen, or if it was just for acting roles. Dang, Martin's starting it. That is true, though. Of course, he had the Sheen name first. First of all, I want to know why Sheen. I mean, I guess it works, but it's weird. So yeah. Has last name, Sheen. It is. I know, though, back in the day, you're not going to get that many roles as Ramon Estevez. Yeah, I especially with them, like, in the early... I don't know when he started his acting career, but, you know, them always saying one's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just crazy as fuck. Yeah, so Martin was pretty smart to do it. And Charlie was pretty smart to do it, too, because then everyone knows he's Martin Sheen's son. Mm -hmm, and they became famous. 
I saw it say on biography.com that all the kids were encouraged to get into acting, but I also read in an interview Martin did that he didn't really encourage it or discourage it, but let the kids decide. I think with every child of a famous person, it's always assumed they were at some point trying to follow in their famous parents' footsteps. Yeah, I'd say eight out of ten times. Yeah. Charlie was an extra in one of his dad's movies when he was eight, so not a big role. He wasn't even credited. He was doing small little films with his friends Rob Lowe and Sean Penn when he was a teen. Just some little, just some little shitty movies with Rob Lowe and Sean Penn. <laughs> it really was because it was like things they were creating that no one really was seeing. Oh, and <clears throat> Rob Lowe, he's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie loved acting and baseball. His baseball plans didn't really work out, so he went more with the acting route. A few weeks before his high school graduation, Charlie was expelled from school, the reason being low grades and lots of absences. No longer in school, Charlie went full steam ahead with acting and got his first role in the movie Grizzly 2 in 1984. Grizzly mm. 2 was never released, so that did not <laughs> help his career at all. I was going to make a joke about Grizzly 1 being a smash or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a horror movie. I think it's about a bear by the name, but I didn't look into it. I was about to say it better. What the fuck? <laughs> it's fucking Grizzly, and it's a picture of an anaconda. Pissed. That would be weird marketing. I mean, it could be. 1984, he was in Red Dawn, and that was a pretty big movie. Mm-hmm. 1986, he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Lucas- oh, sorry. Real quick. Never seen that movie, never plan, never will. I don't, I haven't seen a lot of 80s movies. I think that's one I, that my brother probably watched and I saw it, but I didn't really pay attention to it. Man. I, I like a fair amount of 80s movies, but for some reason, everybody hypes up Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Matt's, Matt's, what's his, Matt's, Broderick, Matthew Broderick. And his performance and the principal and oh my gosh, I think that shit, I've seen a little bit of it. It looked trash. I'm sorry, that shit looked terrible. But you mentioned it, so I had to get that off my chest. Thank you for the movie review (laughs) that you have not seen. Uh, One star. Never see, never will. (laughs) (laughs) He also starred in Lucas and Platoon in 1987. He started alongside his father in the movie Wall Street. I never seen it, but I love when famous people work together. Like family or just famous people? Work famous family members. Like if it's in a movie, two actors or in a song, it's just something I love. Anytime it's like that, it brings me a little joy. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That's how I am with certain people. He has a lot more roles that I'm trying to pick out the big ones, but these are just not my type of movies they're like quote-unquote guy movies i don't really know how to explain it but like war movies and comedies that a guy would love yeah he was in a fair amount of military movies well i don't know maybe not a fair amount but a couple and war movies are no matter what the time period are just not the things i would like to watch either yeah it's a lot of war movies baseball movies uh, yeah, stuff that I just don't have interest in. Not yes. saying they're bad movies, it's just not my type. They're terrible sports. <laughs> 1987 to 1990, Charlie was with Kelly Preston. They were engaged, and one night, well, Kelly got shot. What? Yeah, at least that's what the tabloid said, and Kelly retried stitches, and it was assumed Charlie shot her in a domestic violence incident, and they soon separated afterwards. Charlie was something I've never heard. Just, <laughs> it's rumored that she was shot. 
Yes. But here's Charlie's story. Charlie would later say the story was not true. He said he was falling asleep. He heard a gunshot. And he heads upstairs to the restroom thinking that Kelly had killed herself. But what really happened is Kelly was picking up Charlie's pants off the floor. And Charlie had a revolver in his back pocket. It fell out. Once it hit the floor, it fired, hit the toilet, and a piece of the toilet ricochets and hits Kelly in the arm, retrying her to have stitches. And then they would soon separate. And Kelly has said anything? Not that I can find, no. He shot her, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> that don't make no sense. If, 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 if my boyfriend didn't shoot me and it was a crazy-ass accident, I, I mean, I ain't going to let you go down for shooting me. <laughs> Unless you shot me, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Already, they should have got him out here. Charge one. But okay, finish. Yeah, it, it's very weird. Uh, and a revolver in your pocket? Like, I can't feel how heavy that... You know how heavy a revolver is? Just did you picking up the pants and heavy pants? No, what? Oh, yeah. no. I could see either or. Um, no, you can't, Jose. No, you fucking can't. <laughs> either way, whichever story, they would soon separate and Callie would go on to marry John Travolta. <laughs> Stunning decision. Until her death. 1994... Charlie was sued by a college student who claimed Charlie hit them in the head after they refused to have sex with Charlie. It was settled out of court, and that's all the info we got on it. Because he did a shit allegedly as well. Courthousenews.com says someone named John Doe sued a driver of Charlie Sheen's, and so they sued the driver and Charlie Sheen after he was sexually assaulted. I don't know if these two stories are the same, but that's all the info I could find. And it's at the same time period, 1984. Mm. Wait, oh, are you saying you don't know if both of those cases were the same person? Yeah, I don't know if the same person, because the first one just says a college student. And mm-hmm. the articles I could find, they refer to the college student as a her. Uh-huh. On courthousenews.com, they refer to him as John Doe. Okay. And it has more to do with the drive the person John Doe was assaulted by Charlie's driver, not Charlie. <clears throat> it sounds like those might be two separate cases. But I mean, I'm like you, I don't know. Shit. Yeah, it's just weird that it's like the same time period and it pretty much it's Charlie was sued, settled out of court. Well, it sounds but like this man was on an upward trajectory of abusing people in his power. He just got multiple things in, in, in the same year. He's racking them up. Yeah, that could be possible, too. In 1995, she marries for the first time and gets divorced a year later. And I'm not 100% sure what caused a divorce, but this is just speculation. It might be Charlie's fondness for sex workers. Mm, is this a famous or a non-famous first marriage? Non-famous. Okay. Charlie yeah. loved sex workers. Loved him. Charlie, in a videotape testimony, testified against Hollywood Madame Heidi Fleiss. Oh, that's another person. Uh-huh. I know when I was younger, I saw Heidi on Celebrity Rehab, and now she has like a parrot sanctuary. Yeah, but she I, transformed herself a little bit. Yeah, I used to love Heidi, and I don't know if she's problematic or not, but, but Charlie gave his testimony for immunity, and he said he used Heidi's girls at least 27 times. 
the checks he used were for 1,500 range up to 3,000. Hmm. In total, he spent $50,000. Did I say over what period of time? Just curious. I'm not too sure. I think it, no, I want to say two years, but I'm not 100% sure on that, but it was 27 times. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm never going to talk shit about sex workers. If that's what you want to do, that's what you do. But $50,000 spending on it. I mean, I guess he stimulated the economy, but that is so much money. Yeah. Uh, if it's what you want to do, I, I ain't got no problem with that. It's more of you being in a, so a quote unquote committed relationship and still doing all this type of stuff. I guess, uh, paying for sex workers, being with sex workers, knowing that you're supposed to be married or so-and-so, but in your wreck time, if that's how you want to blow your money, go ahead. And I also kind of find it shitty that Heidi did not name names. And then you have Charlie testifying against her. Well, obviously Charlie was about to get his ass caught up and yeah. the hotness of that seat. Heidi, she had more to lose. She I I don't know if she's problematic either. I just said she was one of those people on the list because her her life is crazy. Like the yeah. things that she had to do to get to where she was and the people that she had and she helped and all that. I know that she just had a big ass clientele. So she had more to lose. And that's why she kept her mouth shut for the most part. He is only thinking about himself and his reputation. And so that's why he was doing what he did. 1997, Charlie is hit with a lawsuit from former girlfriend Brittany Ashland. Brittany claims that on December 20th, 1996, Charlie grabs her by her hair, slamming her into the floor. This made her lose consciousness, and she had to get seven stitches to her lip that was busted open. Mm, yeah, he's an abuser. Charlie allegedly made her strip and get rid of her clothing because it had blood on it and told her if she told anyone, he would kill her. A spokesperson for Charlie Sheen said it's, quote, a cheesy attempt at extortion. It's the typical price you pay for being a celebrity in today's age. Charlie would later plead no contest and get two years probation. And I got all that information from CBS.com. Yeah, sounds real cheesy. I get it. I, I I hate on lawyers, but I get it. They got to do their job, but still don't make me hate them less because they it's because they shitty too. Like yes, <laughs> it's, it's, this is a cheesy attempt, to, and he's gonna plead no contest. Yeah, of course he is, because you know, and I know what the fuck he did. He's an abuser. Yeah. Otherwise, you would have fought that shit. Stand ten toes down on it, psych. Especially with domestic violence that's i feel like harder to prove in court so there had to be evidence of of course and she had stitches and all that yeah and i think it's a lot more like this wasn't a random woman he had spent some time with this was a actual relationship yes so that gives her a little more credibility not saying that uh, people who are not in relationships with their abusers are not credible but as they always look for something to prove that you would at least know or were around that person. And yeah, that's at least one point in our favor, but yeah, it had to be proof. It had to be the fact that she knew something or he knew that he wouldn't do this or whatever. And he couldn't plead um, not guilty, but he had enough wiggle room to not exactly take a guilty plea. In 1998, Charlie suffers a stroke from a drug overdose. Damn. He is still on probation, so this violates the terms of his probation. He goes to rehab, and that keeps him out of jail. 
<laughs> that's crazy as fuck though you ain't supposed to be on no drugs but you you have a stroke for an overdose and they're like well sorry about the stroke but yeah you fucking violated your probation you about to go to jail possibly and yeah. that's so young like i know he wasn't like a spring chicken but 98 he was probably only in his what early 30s and he's are already having like massive effects from drug use like that a stroke uh-huh at the end of 2001 charlie meets his future wife denise richardson i in love her 2002 he wins a golden globe for his role in spin city okay <laughs> have you seen it i've tried to watch okay. spin city i didn't get it i didn't think it was funny when it was Charlie Sheen, I didn't think it was funny when it was Michael J. Fox. Denise and Charlie soon get married and have two daughters. 2005, Denise files for divorce, but they get back together and files again and files for restraining order against Charlie. And it is granted that Charlie must stay 300 feet from Denise, the house, the car, and the kids. Damn. Some things that come out in the divorce is that Charlie was being unstable violent addicted to gambling and addicted to sex workers everything that he was before i think that's why even though this divorce was highly publicized and tab in the tabloids why mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a deal because it's what you know charlie for he's a bad boy this is what his reputation is exactly and i never understood that whole everybody these bad boys and you'd be like oh my gosh what are they bad boys about and you look it up oh they're bad boys because they keep getting these acting roles but they beat women and they do drugs and they get DUIs they're so fucking cool he's a bad boy I never understood that aesthetic that Hollywood had I don't either I, I thought it was so fucking crazy and then when they get married, it's like, oh, the bad boys settle down. But secretly, the bad boy's just beating the good girl. What do you this expect? Is, He's a bad boy. It's so fucking annoying. Yeah, because he, uh, I could name off a few of them that had that moniker. And it's just like, you're fucking trash. And we're trying to put a, a, a fun, sexy label on it. I think Charlie is very charismatic, though. He has good aspects to him. and they try to brush it off as a bad boy just because he can do well in movies and shows and and towards the end he couldn't even do that but i think they were giving him more credit i think honestly maybe maybe it wasn't my time so i didn't see his best work but if you were to ask me charlie sheen is an average actor he is not no blow him away he does not blow me away and give me great performances I agree. He's a legacy actor. I 100% agree. Another thing that comes up is Denise claims she found Charlie to be viewing porn that had very young looking boys and girls. She claims they look underage. Yeah, that's nasty. That's nasty. Denise says during her visitation with the kids, Charlie shoved her down and said, I hope you fucking die, bitch. This was over him finding out Denise, what Denise was telling the divorce attorney. The truth. Yeah, pretty much. And a series of messages Denise shares with the court, which you can find on thesmokinggun.com. He is just going off on her. And one of the texts, he says, quote, you're a piece of shit fucking liar, and I hope you fucking rot in hell. So fuck you. 
I hope I never talk to you again, you fucking cunt. Fuck you. You're a coward and a liar and a fucking N-word. So fuck you. What? Yeah. But he actually says the N-word. Yeah, why you? I never, first of all, it makes no sense now. I mean, you got to pick a lane and stay in the racist lane. Now you're just calling white people nigga too? Makes no sense. I guess we're that bad. We even make the whites dirty. What the fuck is that? I didn't understand it either, but that's why I pulled that specific quote because it's all pretty much the same. But that was weird to me that he used that word. Yeah, I never, I never understood it. I even like looked up if if she is she mixed like why would he <laughs> not the fucking oh no why that's oh fucking Denise Richards got some sub Sahara African roots <laughs> like he knows something we don't know he said. You're not the only one lying. I'm supposed to be an Estevez. Richards, <laughs> this bitch is really a, a Green or a Johnson. I think at that point, they were supposed to be talking through the lawyers. So all the texts are just from him. And it pretty much is him just going off on her. Yeah, and that was going to make it so much better, Carlos. Keep in mind that while this is happening, Charlie is already starring in his largest role to date as Charlie Harper in Two and a Half Men which he started in 2003. Yeah. Trash, too. <laughs> Did you like Two and a Half Men? Okay. Two and a Half Men was okay. I watched it when nothing else was on. Mm-hmm. I do not think he should have been getting paid how much he was getting paid. Mm, bro. Because like you said, he's a mediocre actor at best. And he's kind of acting just like himself. He's the fun uncle who's a uh, drunk yeah they just didn't show him doing drugs and all the sniffing and snorting he was doing they just made him a drinker. yeah yeah I, first of all i hated two and a half men i don't know why i did try to watch it though um because everybody used to say that shit was so funny they used to say it was so funny and it was this and it was that and i watched it and the funniest person is the the fucking housekeeper um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh, I wish I knew her real name. That's fucking trash. I'm sorry. And uh, Holland Taylor, who played Charlie's mother and Alan's mother. Yeah, they were brothers. Yeah. But even, so the women were carrying the show and I wasn't trying to watch it for them. I 100% agree. I think Rose, Bertha and the mom are the ones who carried oh, yeah, the Rose. show, in my opinion. Yeah. And they, it was just like, oh, he's he's successful but he fucks a lot. And now he has his trash ass brother and nephew living with them. What could they do together? It was such a terrible ass. What's it called? Um, Premise too. Uh He was getting like a million dollars an episode and people were watching that shit. That's how I know y'all's homes was trash. What family (laughs) was, what fucking family was that? Are you the viewers now? Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. If y'all was watching Two and a Half Men, you was going through a time in your life that I hope that you repented for because that shit was terrible. Okay. <laughs> I said it right here. It's terrible. And like I said, I'm surprised these allegations to make more of a splash, but it seems it was just viewed as a bad divorce of he said, she said. Charlie, of course, has denied these allegations. 
And Denise had some guest spots on Two and a Half Men. It is said by John Pryor that when she would visit Charlie's trailer, Charlie would ask John to hide his porn magazines in John's trailer. Which is just weird to me. Why are you bringing porn to work? In a magazine form? Didn't we have the internet at that time? <laughs> we your, did. Get on your phone. I guess he's a he's a vintage man. <laughs> in 2008, Denise and Charlie get into it over vaccines. Charlie thinks... Interesting! That, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Charlie thinks the vaccines were somehow, some way harm the kids, and it did so heated, he allegedly throws a chair at Denise. He calls the kids doctors and threatens her, and the doctor drops them as patients. I feel the story now will gain more traction, especially with the anti-bats element to it. Oh, yeah. But I guess back then it did not. It was just kooky Charlie. So silly. This man made his children lose a doctor over his shenanigans. Yeah, they should have been pushed this man out of Hollywood. They should have put put this man behind bars. What am I talking about Hollywood for? This man, you need to be behind bars. Yeah, I kind of agree. 2008 to 2011, Charlie is married to Brooke Mueller. Martin, Steve gave a beautiful quote at the wedding, which John Pryor is the one who said he said the speech. And it was, quote, hope you kids know what you're doing. And that was it. Martin know his son. <laughs> Martin does know his son. Martin, I ain't never heard Martin Sheen speak out against his children, but no. he he knows. He's like that's the whole that small sense said. This motherfucker's crazy. I don't know you well enough, <laughs> and shit's about to get bad. So I guess yeah. I hope you guys can handle it. <laughs> that's crazy. They have twin boys and Brooke Brewer. Out the years has her own troubled history with drugs. And a lot of it has been public. And at times she has lost custody of her children. I say this just to put the information out there, not to defend Charlie. It just, I just felt like I had to share a little of her history if I'm going to talk about Charlie. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I heard about her having problems too. And I, it, I don't know if you know if it was before charlie during charlie but yeah i bet it wasn't hard once they officially got together because then you got two people with addiction issues like feeding off each other that's no good yeah i know it was during and after but i don't know about before i don't think she was really famous before yeah that's why i was like i know it it definitely happened during the message but you never uh, during the message during the marriage but yeah because like you said she's not famous it's not much is not known about her before she got with Charlie. Christmas Day, 2009, Charlie and Brooke get into a fight. At first, they both slap each other on their arms. But when Brooke says she wants to divorce in custody of the boys, Charlie holds a knife with a four-inch blade to her neck, saying he will kill her. They are separated, I think, by family members, but I don't know who exactly. And Brooke calls the police on Charlie. Charlie claims he is defending himself against Brooke, but he is arrested. Charlie goes to rehab, as does Brooke. In August of 2010, he pleads guilty and is sentenced to 30 days in rehab, 36 hours of anger management, and barred from owning guns for the rest of his life, which I'm surprised did not happen earlier. I know with domestic violence cases, you can't own guns. I was just about to say, like, I know we have all these, like, we need to rehabilitate criminals and we got to really help them get to the root of what's wrong. 
How many times of rehab is enough? This man gets endless rehab bailouts. This man needs to be behind bars. He he had like two two to three chances of fucked up behavior decisions to get right. And he still ain't done it. And this man is far past his prime. Send this man to Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Not Guantanamo Bay. That's- no, because I be getting so tired. The thing is, you got these real young men, real young women who do make legitimate mistakes and just sit to jail, like no pass and go, do not collect no fucking money, go directly to jail. And then you got assholes like this with, you know, money and influence, just getting in like stab, potentially stabbing, punching, shooting, beating women and people. And then you just keep getting in the rehab. Oh my gosh, she's going to go. He's going to go get help. He's going to rehab. It's all right. Okay. He doesn't get, oh, it's fine. He's just going back to rehab. It's fine. Like, how many goddamn times? I'm so torn on it because these are, you know, he's doing domestic violence. So he's at a, at a point, you know, you can't just blame everything on addiction. He's not learning from it. And then on the other side, I'm thinking where, it's drugs it's i i don't know i don't want to defend charlie because i do think this man's old enough he and that's I, all I, i'm saying when yeah, you combine, i agree with you it's tough because it's an addiction problem but he's committing crimes my thing is that this man is old enough to know the um to know his actions this ain't no teenager no early 20s year old man this man has made mistakes in all these decades and still isn't learning it's got to be a harsher punishment because y'all would do it to regular folks no questions asked that's my thing i just gotta it's gotta be it just can't be too lopsided but you know that's that's an argument for another day but i get you i i just feel like once you like you're 30 and you're 40. You can't keep getting bailed out by rehab when you have not been learning your lesson. I, I see where you're talking from, yes. So that was August, but a few months later in October, Charlie goes to see Mary Poppins on Broadway with his kids, um, his daughters, his kids with Denise, mm-hmm. and then goes to dinner with his ex-wife Denise at a hotel. Somewhere... Capri Anderson comes along and she says Denise leaves around the time the appetizers show up. Who's Capri Anderson? Is it a porn star? Yeah, she's a porn star doll actress. But I had a feeling with the name Capri Sun. <laughs> yeah. Something <laughs> so, like that. Some sources say escort. She says she was an escort. Some say sex worker. Either way, she was supposed to get 3500 for the night adult entertainer slash charger she charges some bills her and charlie go up to his hotel room and he pours up some drinks and she hears him snort something and just saw some white powder and then charlie loses it for some reason while the drugs are suspected to be the reason he went on a rampage it was also reported his wallet went missing and then the story changes to his watch and i don't think charlie is changing the story it's just getting reported wrong okay he throws a lamp and other things, and he chokes her. He calls her a whore. She manages to run and lock herself in a restroom. I've seen a lot of sources say a closet, but in her interview, she said restroom, so that is what we're going to go with. He then gets angry that she won't come out of the restroom, 
and is saying he's going to kill her, and she calls the cops. Charlie, by the end of it, does 7,000 in damage to the hotel room and is arrested naked. Capri would later claim Charlie offered to pay her 2,500, which she wasn't happy with since he ruined her purse and she was owed 3,500. But she said, okay, but he never paid. When she was going to tell her story, she told Charlie she would it for a million dollars and Charlie sued her for extortion. He would later drop the extortion lawsuit and they would move in together for a little while. What? Yeah. I was trying to wait till this story <laughs> concluded because I was like, well, just this is okay. Um, I don't have nothing to say except for pattern behavior. Uh, and this man is obviously sick. Yes. Sick ass criminal though. And at this time it is what was that? October, so he's still on two and a half minutes. He's still on there? Yeah. So it's so crazy knowing what the fuck puts him off of two and a half men and knowing he was doing all this shit while being on two and a half men. Fuck everybody on two and a half men. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I At this time, it is that, you know, whispers are coming out. Of, fuck them all. Uh, March, Brooke is granted a restraining order against Charlie because he threatens to cut her head off and mail it to her mother. And they're, oh you know, in the process God. of divorcing. I, okay, maybe that's too far. I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> this man is crazy, though. <laughs> January 11, 2011, reports come out that the production of Two and a Half Men want to go on a break so Charlie can go on to rehab. <gasps> Again, to stop him from going to jail. Charlie, at this time, is making $1.8 million per episode. Which, goddamn, I know it was popular and I did watch it, but that's just so much money. Almost two million an episode for that dumpster fire? <laughs> Even if you don't agree with Katrina, like <laughs> 1.8 is so much. That shit was ash juice. <laughs> <laughs> they really, <laughs> bro. Oh, two and a half men, bro. The production company, y'all trash. And that show was trash. And then you didn't fire him. And then y'all was paying him this exorbitant amount. Uh, this man has too much money on his hands. What else could he buy? January 28th, Charlie's ho- hospitalized and goes to rehab. Two and a half men goes on a hiatus. February, Charlie starts doing radio interviews while on rehab. February 24th, he goes on Alex Jones and does an interview and this is when it starts picking up a lot of traction and you can't really avoid it because he's on alex jones and it's just the stuff he's saying he's talking about chuck lore his boss the producer mm-hmm. of two and a half men and he's he's just talking with his how he talks his catchphrases of winning i'm a warlock all that stuff oh this is when all that shit came to play yeah february 28th okay. he goes on good morning america and they asked him if he's on drugs and he says quote I'm on a drug. It's called Charlie Sheen. It's not available because if you try it once, you will die. Your face will melt off and your children will weep over your exploded body. Short answer. Yes. <laughs> when asked if he is bipolar, he says he is by winning. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not funny. <laughs> I knew the winning thing, but not. The, I'm not bipolar. I'm by winning. But I think this is why people are tuning in and kind of treating it all like it's a big joke. He saw himself warlock saying he has tiger blood and Adonis DNA. He has 
He is hashtag winning. But shame on whoever the fuck was making that shit popular because this man had a a it was everyone. Yeah, I mean, it was the media and it was social media, like us regular people. But it's like it wasn't a I first of all, I didn't think any of this shit was funny when it was happening. The only thing I watched that was kind of related to him doing all this shit was his roast because I fucking love all the Comedy Central roasts. So I watch them all. Well, most of them. So that's the only time I really knew about the whole winning tiger blood and, you know, so much of the drug stuff. But it, how is this man with a continued addiction problem and multiple domestic allegations having a breakdown during these interviews? I never understood how that shit was very much entertainment and we were going to keep booking him. But I guess it was more of like the culture of ratings are more important than human behavior and mental health. I think it has to do with him talking in catchphrases and people tuning in because it's like a car crash. I, I guess. I mean, I can't say that I've never, I can't say I haven't participated in stuff like that. I just don't, maybe just in this particular situation, I just don't understand the allure, the appeal or why he was given chances like this, even if they weren't good chances, these opportunities. And express himself. I do want to say that he did take a drug test and he came out clean, which I know you can pass a drug test pretty easily. I'm not going to say no words. I ain't incriminating myself, but I just want to know how was this done? Yeah, I think it was a urine, a urine test. But yeah, um, February 28th, Charlie's publicist resigns. And I know they saw the interview and were like, we can't help you. This job ain't worth it. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I'm going to be able to get him out of that shit either. I mean, the fact that they held on long, as long as they did, is crazy. But I mean, what can you say? You Yeah, you really can't say anything. Martin Sheen around this time is saying Charlie's an addict and addiction is a disease and he hopes he gets better because, of course, you know, they're going to ask his father because he's a famous person, mm-hmm. which is a good answer. I mean, all the times I've seen Martin Sheen talk about Charlie Sheen, he's never like shit talked his son, which you don't want to do. Yeah, but because he knows his son. Yeah, exactly. But it was I. Uh... Which Charlie says he doesn't care about his opinion. You know, he says that's his dad, but he doesn't care. I don't know what I want to (laughs) say. I just feel like, I don't know. It's family business. I I can't say, I I was going to say something like, yeah, they could have done or said more. But to be fair, family affairs are handled. They should be handled within the family. Just because you're famous doesn't mean that we need to know all your business. So I can't even say nothing like, they should have spoke out more or said because you never know what they were trying to do behind closed doors. But yes, at least they situation. weren't. Yeah, at least they weren't um, like enabling the behavior by saying, you know, he's just misunderstood. You're acknowledging uh-huh. he has an issue and that it's going to be like a it's going to be a process long long road. And Charlie does this thing where he says he's on drugs or he did drugs a week ago, but he's not doing it now, and then he says he's joking but he's not really joking and i mean watch an interview i really can't give it justice on how he talks because it's so chaotic okay march 1st charlie comes out with two women he is living with calling them goddesses Mm -hmm. 
He also gets his son taken away from him. March 3rd, he joins Twitter and gets a million followers in 24 hours breaking the record. So people are tuning in. Car crash. March 7th, he is officially fired from Two and a Half Men. And this whole time, he's talking bad about his boss, Chuck Lore, about the show. And he says, Les Moonves, former CEO of CBS, went to Charlie's home at some point and told him there's a private jet fueled up. He could get on it and go to rehab, but Charlie was not having it. How many rehab chances? Apparent rehab is not the, the, the end-all, be-all. they just like, oh, you got an issue? Send him rehab. You know, in Charlie, in some of those interviews, he says that he's conquered it, he's above that, and they don't get it because he's not addicted anymore. And, I mean, he's talking like an addict, but, it yeah, it wasn't working for him. Uh-huh. In 2021, Charlie said he was going through some things and he was on drugs or the residual effects of drugs on his brain and that he gave up early retirement for a hashtag. He gave up. I'm sorry, repeat that because that didn't make he sense. gave up early retirement. So he was able to retire early because you know he was making 1.8 million and he gave that all up pretty much for a hashtag. So he's now he's regretful and kind of ashamed of how he acted. Oh like hash like his little hashtag phrase winning. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, okay. I just needed to work that out. Okay. <laughs> I understand now. Charlie had a really fast bounce back from his meltdown in 2012. He got a new show, Anger Management. And it had 5.47 million viewers the first night breaking a record. And the deal was to do 10 episodes, then order 90 more if the first episodes did well. So they ordered 90 more that didn't do as well. Yeah. Uh, anger management. Trash ass show. Sorry. I said it. Yeah. I think people were mainly tuning in because they wanted to see what was happening. And Two and a Half Men also had very high ratings at this time as well. Mm-hmm. I saw a clip. It was one of the late night show people, maybe Kimmel. I'm not 100% sure, but they made a joke saying, you know, two and a half has the highest ratings they had and it's a rerun, which is just funny. But I, you know, there's some truth to that, that people were watching. Like I said, people's brains needed something soft to land on because why else were y'all watching that shit? (laughs) I don't mean to harp on it, but this is fucking terrible television. Yeah, you are really harping on it. I mean, it was a popular show. I hate those shows were terrible. Like, sometimes you just got to call a show out. Anger management. Was y'all really, are you, are you dying on the heel of anger management or two and a half men? Even I, early I, seasons. Are you really, who is really rewatched? Well, it's in syndication. So maybe a good amount. But I just really, mm, Just because a show is not for you does not mean that other people can't find enjoyment out of it. Ma, Pa, gather around. About to turn on two and a half minutes. <laughs> I just love how hard you're going on two and a half minutes. Oh, okay, I'm done though. I'm done. <laughs> Sailor Blair, Charlie Sheen's co-star on Anger Management, was fired because she was complaining that Charlie was being a menace and was always late. She deserved that, better. Selma Blair is wonderful. This pissed Charlie off and he said either she goes or he goes. And that is alleged. Charlie says that she was written off to shake things up for ratings. And while Summer Blair's camp threatened a $1.2 million lawsuit for loss of wages, nothing ever came of it. Because they realized they should jump off that burning ship anyway. Everything was done with purpose. <laughs> In 2005, Charlie Sheen goes on the Today Show with Matt Lauer. 
and reveals he is living with HIV and has been for a few years. He said he contracted it after his meltdown, and the reason for him coming forward is he is having to pay people money who are extorting him not to reveal his diagnosis, which HIV is so stigmatized that I could see it being used against him. Yeah, um, you can only, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie, that's a hard-ass thing to be living with, uh, both whether you're open about it or you're private about it because of the toll it must take on you physically and mentally. And you just hope that people aren't like, if you're doing the right thing, you're informing your partners of what you're dealing with. Uh, the, the fact that anybody, sex worker, girlfriend, potential partner would even use that as an extortion or blackmail material is definitely fucked up. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's fucked up. He had to come out like about it like that because of, those situations there is something called the charlie sheen effect which i guess there was a huge increase of people searching for hiv prevention and testing around this time that he came out with his diagnosis so something did did come out of it yeah um yeah well education don't hurt but hey the important thing is he got treatment and he's better yes One of his former goddesses, Brie Olson, comes out crying on a different interview saying Charlie never told her about his HIV condition. Charlie's lawyer and the other goddess claim Charlie did not have HIV during that time period. It was a little after, so there was nothing to disclose. Okay. Did anything else come of that or it was just done? It, I saw like a lawsuit, but I didn't see if anything ever came of it. Hmm. Well, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, hopefully everybody's telling the truth. It wasn't a problem at that time and so that's why, of course, he didn't say anything. Yeah. And if she isn't uh, dealing with that, then. And Matt Lauer. Great, great for her. I mean, whatever. Matt Lauer asked him in the interview if he tells people if he is HIV positive. He says yes. He tells everyone that he has come into contact with, you know, sexually that he is HIV positive. Which is what you want to hear of course yes do you want to hear that he's not going around like not telling people exactly in 2017 the national cry ran a story that charlie sheen when he was 19 sexually assaulted Corey Haim, who was 13 when they shot the movie lucas mm-hmm. dominic braskia i believe it's pronounced a friend of Corey Haim's, claimed charlie assaulted Corey and told that to the national inquirer Corey Haim's mother would later go on to a Dr. All show and said it was not true. And she believes the person who assaulted Corey was actually Dominic. I'll say this is a messed up story because this is, I know Corey Haim has already passed at this point. Yes. Corey, Corey Haim claimed he was assaulted before he died from pneumonia in 2010. So he and, is not here to confirm it nor deny it. Yeah. And it's fucked up that somebody who would claim that they're close to Corey share the story like that and not only is it like you can't really prove it because Corey's not here but it's not even ran past like it's I guess the family who would I would feel like maybe no more especially since she's the mother comes out and's like mm, maybe you put the story out because it was you Charlie en- Charlie ended up suing the National Enquirer for defamation in 2018, they settled with no exchange of money on either side, and the case was dismissed. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think. It's National Enquirer, and they are very, they're known for just printing out. They might have some confirmed stuff, but they be printing out stuff wild. Yeah. 
But Corey Feldman in 2020 has come out and said it was Charlie Sheen who raped Corey Haim. The two Corys have a very long history that I know very little about, not enough to discuss on this episode. Mm-hmm. They were the Lost Boys. Corey Feldman claims Haim told him about this rape, claiming it was a discussion they had multiple times. Um, but And this quote is a little graphic. So he said, quote, he told me Charlie bent me over in between two trailers and put Crisco oil on my butt and raped me in broad daylight. Anybody could have walked by. Anybody could have seen it. Oh, that's fucking terrible. And I want to stress these are allegations and Charlie has denied them. Uh, yeah, there's nothing to say. You, you, oh, you just don't fucking know. That sounds so fucking terrible. All of it. Because you're right. The core, I mean, you didn't, like you said, you didn't delve into it, but the Corey's Corey Feldman and Corey Haim were very close friends. I mean, they had some issues both separately and together. And then you got this other friend, but then, like you said, it's all alleged, not confirmed. You just don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fucking terrible. I mean, it's terrible that Corey was assaulted by whoever. Uh, And now people get to talk about this in his death and nobody really knows. So something that did resurface around that time was the allegations from Denise Richardson, who said that Charlie liked viewing porn with very young looking boys and girls. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's very hard. It's not it's very hard in any sexual assault case. It's even more hard that Corey Haim is no longer here to speak for himself. Yes, exactly. Um. That's where we leave off with Charlie Sheen. He recently had some issues with Denise over child support, but nothing too serious. I do feel like he is looking to make a comeback of sorts. He seems to be poking his head out here and there doing interviews. So I would not be surprised if he made a new show, was in some movies, because he's he has been kind of dormant lately. Yeah, I mean, they'll give him a show. They'll give him some guest roles it, it i mean it didn't even really stop after he got fired from two and a half men it didn't stop when he got when he was allegedly abusing w- women um i don't see it stopping i i i don't know i don't know and it's annoying he is sober now he is over a year sober now yeah, that's a good thing, though. I, I I can always appreciate somebody actually, you know, changing. Yeah. Um, Charlie is a weird one, though. I There's a lot more in there that I did not know about him. There's I, I, I don't know if he should be given a show. I mean. Oh, I, I agree. I don't think. Well, you finish talking and I'll say something. I don't know. Yeah, I because it seems like during all this time he was going through his addiction but like you said it's all through his life like he did not seem to learn and you can only blame addiction for so much you're at the end of the day doing these domestic violence things you're hurting people on your way yeah yeah i i think it is great that charlie in today's world is sober um 
but actions have consequences. And I think his consequences that he's made his money and he don't, he does not need a platform. He does not need to be on TV. Uh, am I saying that people will probably put him on TV or in a movie eventually? Uh, yes, because that is what the pattern has shown that this man has done whatever he has wanted during different and difficult times in his life. And he's still been able to showcase his face and or alleged talents. So yeah, I'm glad he's sober. Um, I think, though, that his actions have spoken for himself and that he should not be allowed to keep doing things. I mean, I feel like the, the, people got to start phasing this old Hollywood shit out. These old rules and these antics and these covering and hiding stars and scandals up. Like, I mean, transition. Let's get some new blood in here. Y'all keep letting these old heads with their their issues keep popping back and then wondering why shit's still is the same is because they're so busy trying to have their careers that they don't take care of their personal lives and then it ends up interfering with their careers and it's just a tragic cycle but you know i'm happy that he got out of it he's he's doing better yeah and he's not really a quote-unquote canceled celebrity he no it seems like he's the one who's taking a break from acting so i feel like he could come back anytime he wants to yeah, I pretty much think it's the same. I, uh-huh. Um, you know what's so fucked up? You know who can't come back? Emilio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much Emilio, about him. <laughs> Emilio Estevez, I ain't seen that man in nothing current. <laughs> Except for the Mighty Ducks. That's yeah, crazy he, I, that your brother the, can do all... Carlos is out here wild and Emilio is in the church and can't get shit. The Mighty Ducks just had a revival, though. And they gonna put his ass in there for five seconds, and then everybody be like, oh, oh, yeah! <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. Um, but that is all we have for Charlie, and we do like to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media we want to talk about, we want to recommend, we want to discuss. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I don't care either way. I already don't mind. Okay, go ahead. Say it loud. You black and proud. Okay. Um, my media for this week is a podcast recommendation, and they're indie podcasts, and they yay. are. Yay. I, I was waiting. I'm sorry. I, I waited too long to do that. You did. You did. <laughs> um, they are called Friendly Interviews, and I discovered them because sometimes I just go on Dead Pods and I see, like, indie podcasts that I don't really know about yet. Okay. And I didn't know about this one, so I was like, let me just take a dive. And so the premise is, let me get their names right. Um, the hosts are Mason Lindsay, and they just interview their friends. But it's really entertaining. It's you At first, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like this because I don't know their friends, like, you know. Usually yeah. for an interview, I like to know the person that's being interviewed. Yeah. But they make it really entertaining and it's just silly. They ask questions like if <laughs> if you were a piece of furniture, what furniture would you be? And they just make it so fun and it's very light. And they're about an hour long, but it flies by so fast. I'm pretty much been binging them. Friendly interviews, is that what you said? Friendly interviews. Okay, okay. The best one up for me, but you're good. You're good at finding new things and people. Yeah, I try to. The f- best one I have found on there so far, they're all good, but episode two, the one that's just titled Liz, 
because that's who was on it their friend Liz <laughs> it's just hilarious but all their friends are really hilarious and it's it's silly like it nothing to take too serious but it it puts you in a good mood you laugh along the way the host Mason's really funny and give it a listen all right give it a listen yeah especially after I do like research for this and like all the bad negative stuff it's just a nice palate cleanse definitely after doing some harsh ass research you gotta find something to make you like relax and laugh yeah and you don't have to pay that much attention to it uh, because it's just people talking about funny things okay is that all you have for your media sir yeah yeah, I don't have anything else to add. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you make me panic? I said, oh, shit, it's not working again. <laughs> okay. Uh, damn. I was supposed to be thinking. Um, okay, I'll pick another reality TV show because uh, I've been on that since last week, researching reality TV shows. Because when I researched Megan Wants a Millionaire, I had revisited her shows of Rock of Love and I Love Money. And then I was like, hold on, they got to have the rest. And they did on Pluto. So then I, Pluto, uh, yeah, Pluto has all the trashy dating ones. But then I was like, well, I don't feel like watching dating anymore. Let me go back to something else. And I was on Hulu and I found my old favorite college hill. Now, I don't think a lot of people talk about college hill. Maybe a lot of people weren't watching back then when I was watching because I was watching college hill ironically in fucking middle school but whatever um college hill was a was a reality tv show on bet that showcased um mostly black uh college students at various i want to i don't know if they were all hbcus maybe a couple were but mostly just uh predominantly black schools and just showing them go through uh balancing school and their social life while living in a house with other people it's like college it's like a black college real world basically and um it's just very entertaining uh the most entertaining season is probably south beach with the whole rib gate situation where kyle this one uh, uh house guest fixes some ribs but he's been an asshole. I ain't gonna lie. Kyle was an asshole through the season. And he made some people mad. And one of the people he made mad uh, ate his ribs and threw that bitch away. And that fu- those fucking two episodes are hilarious. Him dealing with his ribs being missing. And then finding out who ate his ribs. And semi and, and basically just punishing them by yelling in their face, calling them all types of bitches and hoes and all that shit. So, yeah, um, that's my media, College Hill. South Beach is the best season. Uh, Atlanta is a funny season because everybody is equally terrible, so you don't have to root for anybody. You can just hate them all equally. And, yeah, I, I like palate cleansers like that. When I get off of work and I don't feel like dealing with nobody, let's just let's, let's numb this brain. Reality TV, first thing I go to. When I want to stimulate my mind, we'll watch the news. We'll do something else. But yeah, reality TV is my go-to when it's been a hard day. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to get into reality TV. I used to watch it years ago around the Major Once a Millionaire time era. Mm-hmm. But I have not been watching it lately. And I do kind I, of miss it. I was about to say, I don't ever remember you watching, well, at least as far as around me, 
watching reality TV shows, you've always introduced me to like shows, like sitcoms. Yeah. So and, uh, I must have met you after you were out of that phase. Yeah. I I do think they're trashy. And I mean, oh, they that's what they're there for, though. But I do like them. But now I feel like the reality shows that are out there have way too many seasons and I just don't want to get caught up. Oh, my gosh. Too many seasons, too many episodes. And then you they have like crossovers and this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, this is a job. <laughs> it, it really is. I, I've been thinking about starting keeping up with the Kardashians. I thought about The Real Housewives of Potomac or Married to Medicine, but then I saw how many episodes in the season. I said, let me just watch a recap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is so much. Um, I think the last one reality show I really watched was Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, and that was just because Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, I was just about to say, you weren't watching it for those people. You yeah, watching it for your girl. I got back into Jersey Shore family reunion for a little bit when it first started, but then I lost interest. Yeah, if I watch Jersey Shore, usually it's just the first or second season. Oh, I loved Mob Wives. I think that's the last one I really watched. Oh, yeah. My mama loved Mob Wives, too. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to add for media? Um, I know. Uh, this was a great episode. Um, even though I knew Charlie wasn't nothing special back in the day, I'm glad I know a lot more about his history. And I'm happy that he is where he is today. So thank you, Jose, for that great history lesson. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, our Instagram is Save Your Sorry. Our Gmail, you can write us an email. You can tell us what you liked about this episode. You can give us your opinion. You can visit suggestions. Or you can tell us your media, which we would read right here live on air. Our Twitter is Save Your Sorry, but it's spelled you are. We do have a Patreon. We have one episode right now covering someone's history. I'm not going to tell you who yet. Who? You can go on there and find out. We also have a second episode coming out shortly on there. And that's $4. Everything else is Save Your Sorry. You can find us anywhere. Please rate us five stars. Please leave us a review. I think I hit all of them. Yeah, you did, sir. I think so, too. I think, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. You guys have been wonderful listeners. Just, just listening so quietly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't make a peeper interrupt so sweet. Just, just listen just listen to us talk thank you so much bye bye bye